0: The most successful leaders have the sense of knowing two things for sure. Every crisis exposes a problem. And the second thing successful leaders know is that every crisis offers opportunities.
1: Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So if this is your first time joining us, we want you to know that we are here for you, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic. So if if you're a small business leader, or you're a large business leader, and you would love to get some expertise or advice from some of our faculty and how to navigate through some of these tough times, maybe uh, you're wondering what you can do as a leader, what is your next step, and you just want us to have an episode revolving around a specific topic, or you know of a person who would make a great guest for our show, send us an email to roipod, that's roipod at iupui.edu. Well, you can feel it in the atmosphere, especially within the economy, that there's an antsiness that's starting to build on reopening the economy. And actually, a lot of conversations are revolved around this, the plan of when will the economy reopen? So as everyone's eyes are getting set on this economy getting back to hopefully uh, normal as it was before this pandemic... The thing that's going to be extremely important for every organization is how we re-enter into a reopening economy. Today, I am joined by Kelly School of Business, Professor of Business Law and Management, Charlotte Westerhouse Renfro, who has been a familiar face on our podcast and still has one of the most popular episodes to date on the show. So Charlotte, just want to welcome you back to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. And I'm always happy to be here. So we're talking about the reopening. It's not a matter of if the economy is going to reopen. It's when. When we will get back to you at least some sort of normal, especially as it revolves to businesses opening up. And, you know, you and I were, were talking that the how we re-enter into this reopening of an economy is going to be vitally important for organizations. So let's start with this, how we need to start preparing to get organizations ready?
0: Well, I think in that realm of how to prepare, I'm going to talk today a lot about how our leaders can lead us in a preparation to successfully come out of this latest crisis. Leadership is is such a, it always has been to me, one of the most exciting ways of looking at success for groups of people, teams of people, in this case, the entire world. How can leaders help lead us successfully out of this major crisis? And so I want to start out with what I think the most successful leaders have. And it's a sense of knowing two things for sure. Every crisis exposes a problem. And the second thing successful leaders know is that every crisis offers opportunities. And so what I did to kind of shore up this, and as a faculty member here at the Kelly School of Business, I wanted to see if there had been any type of surveys or research on this. And uh, fortunately, Gallup, a leader in polling, they have done what he called a meta-analysis. They have studied the confidence levels, global cities, uh, citizens' worries, fears during every major crisis during the eight past eight decades, and that is the Great Depression, Pearl Harbor, World War II, the Kennedy assassination, the riots in 1960s, the real crisis that we had in our country after 9-11, the more recent one with the 2008 global financial crisis, and now they're actually doing some research and surveys on the COVID-19 pandemic. And Matt, what they found is this, primarily, People need leaders that provide a path forward. We need leaders that can provide a path forward. We need leaders who can help us come up with great ideas, alternatives, the type of leaders that embodies and provides optimism for the future.
1: And I love that because I think it's so easy. Especially when you see a crisis take place, it is so easy to get so consumed with a worry or a fear. But it's really, like you said, I mean, even in 2008, how many organizations rebounded and maybe even came out on top because of seeing it as as an opportunity, even though there is crisis?
0: It is absolutely natural that in the midst of a crisis, people will fear. They will have fears, they'll have anxieties. They're very short-sighted. Survival is very important. But leadership, and if you go back to the 9-11 crisis this country went through, there was the leadership of, yes, we had never seen anything like that on American soil. It was a horrific tragedy. Yet out of the midst of that, our leadership, our political leadership, our business leadership, Our community leaders, we rallied around this hope that we will be united as a country. I remember seeing American flags on cars, on people's homes. The the theme was this will never happen again. We didn't know how. At that time, we weren't even quite sure who the enemy was. We didn't know how we were going to do it, but we were going to do it. And that led us out of that crisis. So, the real question I think leaders should probably be looking at is not only understanding that crisis offers opportunities, but how do leaders actually seize these opportunities to survive and thrive after crisis? How do they provide a path forward
1: because mm, it's really easy you know like you were saying to if you lead out of simply emotion you're going to lead yourself all through rabbit holes and rabbit trails because we know the only constant thing that's changing is the changing of emotions versus really buckling down to what's the facts what's the known elements we can anchor to
0: exactly now i will tell you there are and and what i'm going to share with you today there isn't a motive part of great leadership and seizing the opportunities positively. So I, w- I want to kind of lay this out in like the three, um, kind of three legs of a three-legged stool. Three legs to how a leader can seize opportunities, survive and thrive and move a path forward for leaders and for individuals who follow them. The first one is empathy. The second one is decisiveness. And the third is a leader's ability to create and embrace new ideas and innovations. These are three key qualities that leaders really need, really need to show and actually need to do, actually need to actualize. I believe in a crisis like this to help us make more opportunities for us to be successfully let
1: out of this crisis. You know, we hear empathy a lot. I think empathy can be one of those buzzwords that um, almost loses its uh, impact on, because we just hear it in every leadership book and everything it was like, oh, lead with empathy, make sure you have empathy. But let's drill down to the core of, of what you're speaking of. Like what is empathy and how can we embrace that as leaders?
0: And I'm going to do this in, as far as giving you more of the, I would say, dictionary empathy, but also how even local businesses here in Indianapolis are, is, are, are they doing this right now? And they are. And here's why they're doing it. The ability to empathize with people right now, and I say in the realm, in the context of business, the ability to empathize right now in your business and your key relationships with your people will ensure Support and loyalty. So, here's how you can do it. All right. You can help your uh, customers with a service and product they need. And here's the catch with empathy whether or not you will make money or not.
1: Mm, That's good. In
0: these times, okay. All right. In these times, you have to pay it forward. And the support of leaders, business leaders, in these difficult times will go a long way to retain these customers for life after we emerge out of the crisis. And I can give you three great examples here in Indianapolis. Um, Songs Restaurant, Big Love Canteen, and Half-Liter Barbecue. They have a a kudo right now. You can go to their website and it says this, help us feed to flatten. So in other words, help us, these, these restaurants, to feed not only their customers, but our community to flatten the curve of COVID-19. So what they're doing is they're pivoting their businesses to become a food and provision marketplace. They're taking in the various goods, the vegetables, the meats, the dairy products that they would usually use, all right, to make the product of meals. And they're actually making their restaurants, marketplaces and pantries to help feed people in their communities to feed, Their customers, and this is most importantly, they're donating a large portion of these proceeds to feed the hungry to organizations here in town, to food plantries here in town. They're also providing carryout meals for purchase and pantry items. They're using a food safety monitoring system for a touchless carryout process. They have menus that encourage their customers to order for the whole week, so they only have to make one trip to avoid as much contact as possible. And get this, they're really encouraging everyone to help flatten the impact of the virus. And if they are also, most importantly, engaging their client base, they will remember this type of empathy. So when the good times roll again, they'll come back to their restaurants. They'll come back to the restaurants and purchase their meals like they did in the good old days. That's what I'm talking about, empathy, where you can show your customers, you can show your clients that you care about the situation that you're in, as well as care about what will happen in the future. And that way, your customers will care about you. And that will also carry into the future.
1: And you cannot have empathy until you decide that you're going to take that stand because it's easy to think about it we can all think of a bajillion ideas and how we can give back how can you know we can care for our community but until we decide to do it as a leader you know then that's when it becomes real and that leads into you know the second point of decisiveness so how does decisiveness play into you know surviving after the crisis
0: Well, I'll tell you this, it plays into it now and after the crisis. Go right back to these restaurants. They did this within four or five days, all right? They were very decisive, all right? And moving the needle forward. The decisiveness to move us out of the crisis, it has to be one where we don't have this urge to be hyper-focused. You've gotta think about decisiveness as creating alternatives. Many people think decisiveness is something that we kind of see, I would say, in seminatic or movies or folklore, someone that makes a quick decision right away. But in a a crisis, it's very important to consider all the alternatives, all the alternatives. So one of the fears of this most recent uh, crisis is we don't have all the answers. We don't know when. And how this virus will abate itself? We don't know exactly when we'll have an effective treatment. We don't know exactly when we'll have a vaccine. We have hope—you know—we have hope and optimism and leading in that direction. But we don't have all the answers yet. You still can be decisive if a leader, as a leader, if you create all the alternatives within those three or four scenarios. So, what happens if? We're able to get out and all get out in society with safe precautions in the short term. What should we do as a business? What happens if we'll have to maybe hunker down for a reoccurrence of this virus? What should we do? And you plan that now. What happens if, what happens if, and you have lots of alternatives that you can quickly move to in the future as you lead people out of crisis. You don't want to be reactive. You let your followers and people know, your customers and clients know that we have contingency plan after contingency plan after contingency plan while we're going through the crisis. And that will make us nimble as we lead our organization and our business out of the crisis.
1: And I think one thing I want to focus on, what you said, is that slow and steady because when you get hyped up in the emotions of everything's happening, you know, and things that are outside of your control in business, sometimes we as leaders take it personally, you know, and I think what happens with that is we feel like we have now this urgency to make decisions really fast. And I think that leads into a lot of trouble because when you're trying to lead your team through, if you don't have a hunker down why you're making these decisions, when people start questioning, it ultimately is like a house of cards and falls over. Or people get into trouble by just, oh, let's just follow suit because everyone else is doing it and they just kind of blindly go into a decision.
0: Well, I think in that situation, leaders and what the research shows followers, customers appreciate honesty. We don't have all the answers. And that is the reason why we're creating all of the alternatives. So when the question comes of why, sometimes you can actually say, or should say, to be honest with you, we have never, ever, the world has never seen anything like this, all right? Nothing like this COVID-19 pandemic. But we and we'll need your input from our customers our clients and our employees your input to create the alternatives and when we get the answers to those questions you will be the first to know at this time honesty and transparency can help in people respecting the decisiveness so it's not always you know turning on a dime Because right now, we don't have all the answers. But even in the midst of not having all the answers, you can foresee, or should foresee, a variety of alternatives. I know right here at Indiana University, our leaders are thinking about all of the various contingencies that could affect us able to have our students back sitting in class. We don't have all the answers, But we have a variety of contingencies all the way up to our leadership of our presidents, our chancellors, our deans. So we know we don't have all the answers. We're telling our students that we don't have all the answers. But we do have one thing, and that is a mission to provide excellent education. So the leader should always convey that mission and be honest, be transparent, but be nimble and have alternatives. And and that will really go a long way to support decisiveness.
1: And finally, this all leads back into what we were talking about earlier, back in 2001 when 9 11 happened and the country was brought together. You know, it caused people to reflect and to look into the future with a sense of optimism, with a sense of the, the ability to create new ideas and innovation, which is your third point. You know, looking to where is the opportunity in the midst of this?
0: Well, creating um, innovation is extremely important. And creating these alternatives that focuses on growth, all right, focuses on moving us forward to a better future. It's very important. But I think equally important for leaders is this: you've got to motivate your customers, your clients, your employees, whoever follows you, you've got to motivate them, persuade them to embrace these new ideas and these this new innovation. And going back to the research. The research shows one of the best ways to do this is work with your customer, clients, employees, and followers, and enable them to have something called a growth mindset. Well, a growth mindset is something, if I could use a quote, and this quote is from Debbie uh, Millman. She's an American writer. It's kind of focused on this uh, foundational type of tenant. And Debbie says this, if you imagine less, less will become what you will deserve. So you can have great leadership that's innovative and creative, and yet you've got to give the folks who are going to actually make this happen to be able to actually see it and be it as well. So going back to a well-known and well-respected uh, psychologist, Carol Dweck, and her work on Mindset, and the book I recommend to everyone. You can get it online from a library, um, or you can, of course, go out and get it on your own. And when you get it, get a highlighter because this book is very, very simple in this case Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. What Carol did is she went back and looked at a premise for all of us. And this is this we all basically have a sense of our abilities, right? And we have belief systems about our abilities. And those belief systems about your abilities, Matt, my abilities, your employees' abilities, your customers, that kind of fuels their behavior and predicts their success as you are getting them to embrace new ideas. So what Carol basically was able to show is there's two mindsets in people. There's people who have a fixed mindset and there's folks that have a growth mindset. Now, if you have a fixed mindset, all right. If you have a fixed mindset, you are going to assume that your intelligence and your creative ability, your, inno- your innovation, you're going to assume that that's static and that you really can't change in any meaningful way. So what you do, if you have that kind of mindset, is that you strive, you do strive for success, but in order to be successful, you do everything you can to uh, not to fail. You avoid failure at all costs because If you avoid failure, that will maintain your sense of being smart and skilled. So, this is the middle of the road approach. This is a fixed mindset. Now, innovation. How to get employees to actually be more innovative is to foster their growth mindset. And that's a mindset that thrives on challenge and innovation. And most importantly, sees failure not as evidence of being. A failure or unintelligent, but failure is going to happen with some of these new innovative ideas that get us out of this crisis. Failure is a springboard, not a setback for growth. It can stretch, it can stretch the abilities of your customer, clients, and your employees to embrace that innovation. And this also means that. Individuals who have a growth mindset, they already realize they're not gonna win every battle. They already realize that they're gonna grow through experience. And yet, even in the midst of a crisis, even in the midst of a crisis, they want to learn, they wanna be creative. And this fuels resilience. It also most importantly fuels this kind of fail forward perseverance this fail forward perseverance. And I think that's really important. If you're working with your employees, your customers and clients, and you want them to have a growth mindset, means that if they should stumble, they know how to get back. Or as my kudo is, every setback is a setup for a
1: comeback. So as we take all these uh, things of empathy, decisiveness, and being able to innovate, how do we then start to implement that into this mindset?
0: Okay, well, let's put it in, into a scenario of you're trying to enhance the mindset of your employees. Now, if and this happens so much in business. Typically, what we do, and this will enhance more of the fixed mindset, what we do is we praise our employees for results coming out of the crisis. But what the research has shown is that if you praise folks for results only They will reject anything challenging, new, and innovative. They'll want to do the same thing over and over again to get the same praise. You can imagine that scenario in real life. Now, if you want to have your employees embrace the innovation, the growth mindset is this yes, praise your employees, thank your clients, right, and your customers, but you actually need to praise their efforts, praise their efforts and what they are doing to work with you to be innovative and change. And the vast majority of folks will have a mindset, a growth mindset, and they'll want challenging new opportunities to create innovative innovative things, innovative solutions. So yes, praise the results, but always praise the efforts. And this will enhance the growth mindset. Now, for the effort praised employees, difficulties are simply an indication that they had to put more into the effort. But if you use the praise, use the praise in the, um, use that in your growth mindset, that will enhance the actual praise for efforts, will enhance the growth and change. So the key is, is this. Praise the results. And everything right now, especially in business, is measured. You know, we have strategic plans, we measure the outcomes of our objectives. And what lays sometimes that's not lay kind of lays to the side of the road, to be honest with you. And what really hampers innovation are leaders who don't praise the efforts. And we're going to need a tremendous amount of effort from all of us collectively to get out of the mindset. So I'm going to have a summary with this, going right back to the Gallup uh, research. Basically, it sums it up this way. In times of crisis, there are two directions human nature can take us, fear, helplessness, and victimization. But there's another path, self-actualization, engagement, and innovation. And if leaders have a clear way forward, Humans become amazingly resistant. So move forward. Move forward with empathy and move forward with decisiveness and move forward with innovation. This is what's gonna help us, I believe, really pull us not only out of this particular crisis, but beyond to be more successful than we've ever seen in our society and in our country.
1: Again, Charlotte Westerhouse Renfro, Kelly Professor of Business Law and Management here at the Kelly School of Business. This has been another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Join us next week as we take well, everything we've learned about the mindset of leadership in crisis and implement it into a strategic plan. We'll see you next week.